Hello, and welcome back to How Did We Get Here, a Riverdale Rewatch podcast. I'm Mary, and this episode we're going to be going through Season 2, Episode 7 of Riverdale called Chapter 20, Tales from the Dark Side. Um, hi. (laughs) Sorry again for the prolonged break. The thing is, is, I don't know, but this episode fucking took me out. It's a lot, like, I have like five pages of notes, I'm gonna be fucking honest. And so I think that this is going to be a two-parter for one episode. Yup. Because it it was just, it just had so much information. And I think it's because the way that they formatted it. Yeah, I have so many fucking notes. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, And so I had already recorded it. Like, I, like I think like a week or so ago, I had recorded this. But then I just didn't like the way that I did it because the episode does have so much fucking information. So I think I'm going to do a two-parter for this episode. So this is going to be part one of chapter 20, Tales from the Dark Side. I'm also still just like getting back into the groove of things after being sick for so long. Um, Like it literally hasn't even been a month since I've not been sick. I'm just like getting back into the groove of things. So it's taking me a bit, but I'm getting there. And I kind of like just like reworked my whole fucking life. Um, and my whole schedule to make, hopefully make things easier for me, better for me. Um, I am recording this on Sunday the 25th, but I'm not gonna post it until Saturday, just because that's how I've reworked my schedule. So, yup. Oh, I've also been catching mice. Um, my grandpa has a, a mouse infestation. We've only caught, like, three mice, but um, my grandma is a hoarder, so I've had to go through and clean, like, all of the pots and pans and everything that was in the cabinets, and now everything's just, like, dispersed around. Like, I've spent almost three entire days cleaning everything in those cabinets and then cleaning out the cabinets, and I'm still not done hopefully we'll get more instruction on that today but um yeah I'm struggling struggling hard but yeah let's get into the episode so the opening of this episode uh references the Texas Chainsaw Massacre it has this opening that's like read by a narrator and what it says is what you're about to witness are three twisted tales connected to the tragic and macabre events that befell the town of Riverdale known as the Black Hood Murders. They were all the more tragic because those who bore witness to these terrible things were so young. A seemingly random shooting quickly revealed itself to be the first in a series of gruesome attacks perpetrated by a hooded assailant. These latest chapters began with the discovery of a letter from the Black Hood affixed to the door of Pop Tate's chocolate shop. And then Pop Tate reads out the letter that was found at his shop. And it says, People of Riverdale, I have rid this town of the drug-dealing child killer and and others like him. Now you must choose your fate. The next 48 hours will be a test, and I will be watching you very closely. Show me you are pure of heart, and my work ends. Continue to sin, and I will take up the sword again. So, yeah. And then this episode goes through those 48 hours from different points of views of different characters. So... That's why it's so long, I think. The fact that they fit all this in 40 
something in it is wild to me. <laughs> we open with Betty and Jughead. Um, Betty slept over at Jughead's house. I just feel like, a, yep. Mm -hmm. Betty is kind of reeling from the letter and the death of Mr. Phillips slash the Candyman. And she's starting to suspect someone of being the Black Hood. Jughead gets a call from Penny Peabody and she says she's calling in her favor and tells him to meet her at Pops. They meet. Penny says FP is in the infirmary after getting beat up by some ghoulies in prison. Penny says that Jughead needs money to, you know, put, put FP in a better situation. And... In order to give him money, she wants him to pick up a crate in Riverdale and deliver it to an address in Greendale. Jughead kind of knows it's drugs, like, without even having to ask. And um, Penny says that she'll use some of the money for FP, but Jughead will need a car. Jughead does not have a car. Um, so that's a problem. And then it's, like, the screen... Show, it goes like black and it just has Jughead and Archie on it like like this section of the episode so because he doesn't have a car Jughead goes to Archie to see if he can borrow Fred's truck and um, Archie's down he says he owes Jughead you know no questions asked after what happened with the ghoulies Archie goes with him they pick up the crate and Archie sort of expresses his worries about Jughead. And Jughead kind of says he's flying by the seat of his pants. Archie gives this, like, uh, it's kind of cute. Um, he, like, talks about his dreams for their futures and says that they moved to New York and room together. Jughead's a writer, Archie's a musician. And Betty and Veronica are roommates in a neighborhood over, you know. And while they're having this, like, cute moment, like, oh, we can dream and we can think about getting out of Riverdale, um, a tire blows. One of the tires is flat, but Archie doesn't have a spare. Which, first of all, why, don't, why the fuck don't you have a spare? I have a spare, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just a 21-year-old girl, you know? I have a spare tire fact I had to use it not long ago um so I'm very confused about that also my sister doesn't have a spare which I think is so fucking stupid stupid but yeah um why do y'all not have spares keep a spare please oh my gosh they're literally small like they're literally like donuts like they're smaller than the average tire you're fine Jesus and keep the tools in order whatever why do you, especially in a truck, that's no, there's no excuse to not have a spare tire if you are in a truck. Oh my god. Okay. No fucking excuse. <sighs> Jughead, um, his immediate thought is to call Betty. Archie's like, no, don't drag her into this. Thank you, Archie. They, so they decide to call Kevin. Why are you pulling Kevin into this? That is the sheriff's son, number one. Oh my god. Oh my, they have no critical thinking skills. <laughs> um, 
but when they're about while they're about to call Kevin, some random guy pulls up and they never say his name. They never like he never like introduces himself, but in like the credits, he's called Farmer McGinty. So, I don't know. That's what I'll call him, I guess. The man offers one of them a ride with the crepe. And he'll, like, for some money, and Jughead only has $18 on him. So he gives him the $18. And Jughead goes with him with the crate. But there's there's something also in the bed of his truck, the Farmer McGinty's truck. And he says, don't look under that tarp, boy. Okay, um... Okie dokie. And while they're driving away, Archie is staying with the truck, obviously, because what the fuck else is he supposed to do? McGinty says, thought your friend back there was Jason Blossom for just a hot minute. You never know on the road to Greendale. (laughs) What is Greendale? I'm so confused. Like, I guess, because Sabrina and whatnot, you know, that's where the witches are. But I don't know. I don't know what... Okay. So many questions. Um, the radio in the truck is playing and it's on like a religious station which gave me like horrific religious trauma flashbacks (laughs) not gonna lie but this this radio station is like praising the black hood which is so fucking wild to me so wild to me which I shouldn't be surprised I know bitches around here I know bitches around here talking about praising people that should not be praised, treating them like the Messiah, treating them like they're doing God's work when in fact they are doing the sinner's work. But anyways, um, I'm starting to sound a little crazy now, but the like preacher on the radio says, but in the black of the hood is the light of God. Jesus fucking Christ. Have y'all read the Bible? I am so... (laughs) Because as someone, like, who grew up in the church, who grew up, like, evangelical, and, like, now having exited it, but, like, still having the information, still having the basic knowledge of, you know, who Jesus Christ is in the Bible and who God is in the Bible and his teachings and what the word of God is supposed to be, and seeing how churches take that and fucking run with it in the way that works best for them is so wild to me so being on the outside of it I can like see through things like this very easily more than the average person um so like that I was like oh my god like a lot of the time I look at organized religion and especially like with with Christianity and having the knowledge of Christianity that I do I look at it and I'm like do y'all even know what y'all are what y'all read like, do y'all, I'm so confused because I did have like good experiences in the church. I went to this one church. It was this small church and it was a bunch of elderly people and the preacher was elderly and the preacher's wife was elderly. You know, it was just like, they did not give a fuck about political issues because they were too damn old to give a shit. I'm going to be honest. Like they just did not care. And like the youngest people in there were people who like were coming with their grandparents to this to this church and um 
I loved it there. It's the church where my parents got married. It was nice. We sang out of the hymnal. It was very traditional. It was very like, it was a small church, small community, small everything. It was nice. You knew that, you know, the preacher wasn't making a bunch of money off of this. He just doing it because he wanted to share the word of God, you know. And he, you know, never, it was like listening to life lessons. Uh, for a few, an hour and a half every Sunday, we'd go and he'd take a uh, something out of the Bible and he'd spread love with it and he'd spread a life lesson with it. He wouldn't spread and know, oh, well, these sinners, you know, he wouldn't do nothing, none of that. He was just like, hey, this is what you can learn from Jesus. This is what you can learn from God. This is what you can learn from these characters in the Bible. And here's how you can impart it into your life and use the love that you get from God and the love that you get from Jesus Christ and, and use it in your life to make yourself better, to make the people around you better, not to convert them, not to save them, but to impart love onto them. Like literally, that's all it was. And I, I so I had a great experience in that church. I'm not going to lie. But then we moved to this like mega church and it became something entirely different. And at that church, that was the first time I cried in church. I'm going to be honest. It was not fun for me. Um, it was very bad. Hate was spread. Let's just say that. Okay. And it was very obvious that, um, it was to attract younger people because they didn't have a choir. We didn't sing out the hymn. We, they had a band, a church band, and they sang fucking Hillsong and shit. It was, it was obvious that they were trying to attract younger people so that they could get as many people as possible so that they can make as much money as possible. It was very obvious to me. However, it was not obvious to my father. Yeah, because my mom don't go to church. My mom never went to church, but my dad did, and so he would take us. But yeah, and it just became something else. And so now I have those experience and I, experiences, and I've shared them with my friends. And so now when my friends have, like, a question about religion or, or something that's going on that has to do with um, why, like, that people are bringing religion into it, when they ask me about it all the time, and I just tell them, like, they have taken it in a way that I don't think anybody from those times, from those biblical days would have ever thought that that would have occurred. You know, I'm not saying whether I believe in the Bible or not. I'm just saying if those people had existed, if Jesus Christ had existed, I don't think he would enjoy his image being used in this way. Um, yeah, like I watched Warrior Nun. I don't know if anybody's seen Warrior Nun. If you haven't watched that shit, um, but I watched it, and um, because my friend was like, I really want to get your opinion on it because it does have a lot of religious undertone. Like it's about religion, and they have like this character who is supposed to be the Messiah, whatever. He's the villain. But um, spoiler alert, but he like the world sees him as this Messiah because that's what he wants to be seen as, and. I remember telling her, I'm like, it just confuses me because what I was taught, what, who I, when I was younger and I went to that church that I liked, Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ that I was taught to know would never try to prove himself to be the Messiah. He would just, he, he was a humble human being. He wouldn't arrive in some 
you know, crazy way. He wouldn't adorn himself in, in nice clothes. He would be an average everyday human being. He was humble. He was kind. All he wanted to do was spread love and help people, help, help the people who needed it the most. Like this was not a man who was doing the things that this person in this show was doing. And, um, and so I'm just, I was like, I'm confused as to why so many people, it baffles me that so many people would believe him to be the Messiah, but at the same time, like, it, that's true. That's what people think Jesus Christ is now because of the way that the church has radicalized them. And um, it just really saddens me because whether or not I'm a Christian, it doesn't matter. But I know what the Bible says. Like, I know what the Bible says. And I know that that is not what what the bible teaches i know that what they're doing is not what the bible teaches and um it just really saddens me that people have allowed themselves to be preyed upon by politicians and public figures who use their use the people's faith to radicalize them and to make them believe certain things and it really saddens me that um people of faith are being preyed upon like because I respect faith no matter what I respect it so it just really like it 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 pulls my heart because it just I can't explain the way that it hurts me that people of faith are being preyed upon in this way so yeah but it's just really similar to today the way that they said but in the black of the hood is the light of God like that, in my mind, a serial killer in any way, shape, or form is a form of evil. Um, whether or not he's saying he's doing it for sin or not, like I just don't... It takes a lot to be able to take the life of a human being. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only... Again, I've said it a few times, though. You know, sometimes... <laughs> if somebody wants to... I mean, like the father that shot I mean the mother that shot her child's kidnapper rapist and murderer go ahead girl go ahead girl when it's like parental or like sibling type love like that I'm fine with it but like just randomly I don't know don't like it but you know you, you know my thoughts on that um but yeah it just it gave me a little bit of a traumatic post-traumatic shock to hear that on the radio they're listening to the radio, and um, McGinty says that the Black Hood reminds him of the Riverdale Reaper. Who the fuck is that? We will learn. Okay. Archie, back at the truck, called um, Triple C. I'm guessing it's knockoff Triple A. And he got a tire. But before he gets in Fred's truck, he sees a deer covered in blood. And I don't know if it's just me and my Appalachian raising. Um, don't fucking look at that shit. Get in the car and drive away. What are you fucking doing? Oh my God. I was like, I was literally like, and the deer fucking looked at him. Guess, don't look at the deer back. No, you did. You saw that? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Get in the car, drive away. What the fuck are you doing? Oh my God. Um, like people who aren't from where I'm from that I've met think I'm fucking crazy because I believe in this stuff like I'm like no that's a fucking evil spirit like I don't know what to tell you um 
like I wear copper religiously because it wards not only wards against disease but also against evil spirits and I will not have that in my vicinity um but people think I'm fucking crazy for that shit and I'm not what the fuck Archie get in the car drive away oh my god (sighs) Jughead and McGinty stop for gas McGinty goes in to pay with the $18 that Jughead gave him, and Jughead is pumping the gas. He, you know, like where the gas pump is, it's like by the bed of the truck, and so he sees a bunch of flies surrounding this tarp that's covering whatever's back there, and he decides that, you know what, he's going to take a look. And there's like blood coming from whatever's under it, so he uncovers the tarp. It's just a deer. I don't give a fuck. You know, it's he just been hunting. I don't care. But McGinty comes out, surprises him because now he's a little scared. Um, and he wants to stop for food. While they're eating, he questions Jughead about looking under his tarp. He's like, it's fine. You know, I just do it legal. Good. McGinty, you do it legally. I don't give a fuck past that. I don't care. And I don't think Jughead does either. But Jughead asks about the Riverdale Reaper. McGinty says that there was a family living near Fox Forest, a mother, father, two kids, so nuclear family. One night while everyone was asleep, someone came in and went room to room with a shotgun and shot them all. There were no survivors. No one was ever prosecuted for the crime, but some people say the lynch mob got him and hung him from a tree near Pickens Park. Others think he hopped a train and went to California and started praying to the devil. Others say he never left Riverdale at all, and McGinty says he wouldn't be surprised if it was the same man as the Black Hood. So it's giving In Cold Blood, which is based off of a true story. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever read In Cold Blood. If you haven't looked that shit up, it's a good book. My sister hated reading it, though. She had to read it for school. Womp womp, you know. It's a good book. What are you talking about? But anyways. um, I don't... The different theories of what happened to him. There was someone hung, I believe, for the murder. But I don't know if it was the truth. Oh, no, it wasn't the truth. uh, The wrong man was killed for the murder. Um, After McGinty's finished with his story, the waitress brings the bill. McGinty says Jughead will pay for it, but Jughead doesn't have any money because he gave McGinty his whole $18, which McGinty used to pay for gas. McGinty says he's leaving and he's taking the crate with him. Archie rushes in and he's like, no, 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 Jughead's coming with me. I'll pay for the bill and I'll take the crate as well. Thank you, Archie. And this is when McGinty goes on like a little rant and tells them they're all sinners and they'll catch the Reaper's Blade next if they're not careful. Um, Again, religious trauma. (laughs) Like... (laughs) flashback jesus oh my gosh any any bitches with religious trauma out there y'all know what i mean y'all know what i mean this was crazy 
Archie pays for the bill, and the crate gets put back in Fred's truck. Jughead thanks him for coming. They take the crate into a warehouse. Little sketch. A little fucking sketch. And this lady gets brought in on a wheelchair. The guy wheeling her in, like, brandishes a gun. And I think they're supposed to be Russian. I'm very confused about this. They're Eastern European for sure, but I think they're supposed to be Russian. Which, like, I just don't know how to feel about that. Like, why did they have to be Eastern European? <laughs> like, they've just been American. I'm so confused. It's like, I don't know. I just don't like this, like, perpetual stereotype of, like, well, the people that are really behind the crimes are never actually American. What the fuck? What the fuck? It's like it's always the Italian mafia or the Greek mafia or the Russian mob. Or, you know, like what the fuck? Can it, y'all? <laughs> Stop. They can just be American while also being white. You know, you don't hear people being like, "Oh, it's the, it's the Nigerian mafia." You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's a person of color, then it is. 100% an American, but like if it's an it's if it's a white person, oh, it's the Greek, it's the Greeks, it's the Italians, it's the Russians, it's the Eastern Europeans. It's what the can it just stop? Just stop. They are American. They were born in the United States, but this lady like has an accent. The the guard with her has an accent. Like stop. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? As an as a person who is a lot of Eastern European and me, um, specifically Slovenian. What the fuck is wrong with, with, <laughs> why? Why? And I can imagine that Italians and maybe Greek people feel the same. Please stop. Please. It's like, if you're not Western European, then obviously you have the ability to be, a, to be a mafia, to commit organized crime but people in western europe no 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 people from western europe mm -mm, no no it's only for the italians the greeks and the eastern europeans thank you what the fuck <laughs> i'm so confused by that it's called eugenics babe anyways the lady says next time don't be late jughead's confused because this is a one-time thing. And she says that Penny told her that the serpents are taking over for the ghoulies, which Jughead was vehemently against. And they're set for regular deliveries with a regular delivery boy named Jughead Jones. And Jughead does this stupid thing of, be, of like, saying, oh, well, how did you know my name? Baby, she didn't know it was you. She, you could have said, well, we don't know Jughead. The fuck? He's, ugh. So stupid sometimes people are. <sighs> so, they drive away, and they go to Pops. Jughead thinks the Reaper could be a lead and asks Archie to go to the library with him the next day. Archie says he's busy. He has to take um, Moose to physical therapy with Midge, and he's got to hang out with Veronica and I think that this just shows that, like, like, like they've just done something that's really not normal for teenagers, but now, like, they're bringing it back to normalcy for teenagers of them re being really busy, and now that they go to different schools, they're having a hard time breaching the gap, and now that Jughead's joined the Serpents, they don't really have time for each other anymore, 
but they've been best friends since childhood so that like that's just a really sad thing um Jughead says he'll he'll try to get out of the deliveries but Archie is worried because he knows that that's not really a possibility you know like there's you're not getting out of it babe and also um he doesn't have a car so he's gonna have to continue to pull Archie into this so that just puts I think more pressure on Jughead because Jughead really does not want to do that like he really does not want to bring his friends into this at all but he's kind of being forced to Jughead says he's gonna go to the prison to visit his dad and when he does FP comes out fine He has not been beaten up by the ghoulies. He is fine. He's not been sent to the infirmary. He's fine. He's not injured nothing. And so Jughead is obviously mad at Penny and he meets up with her and says he wants out of the deliveries. But Penny has a video of Jughead and Archie bringing the crate into the warehouse. And Penny says that FP made her a promise that he didn't keep and his debt is Jughead's debt. Damn. And I think, again, like, it just puts more pressure on Jughead because he does not want to bring Archie or anybody from the North Side, any of his North Side friends, into this. So he can't, you know, he can't just stop and be like, because I think if it, if it was just him in the video, he wouldn't care. And he would go to prison. He would do, he would go do, if he, he did the crime, so he'll do the time kind of thing. Um, but because Archie's in there, he's not going to do that. So, I think that if if it were just him, he would be like, okay, send it to the police. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but he does give a fuck because Archie's in there. So, sad. And this is when the episode switches to Josie. Hmm, I have like, okay, how many pages of notes? Do I'm trying to figure out where should I cut it to go to part two. Okay, so that was one, two, three pages of notes that I just went through. And I have... One, two, three, four pages left. So where do we switch to, Betty? Okay, yeah. So we're gonna definitely stop it here um, because it will take me probably, I'm gonna say around 40 to 50 minutes to go through the rest of the notes that I have. So I'm gonna stop it here because I'm already at over half an hour. Um... And if I go to the Josie section, it's going to take me another maybe 30 minutes. Um, because I, th- yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to stop it here. Um, as always, the email is riverdalerewatch at outlook.com. And the Instagram is riverdalerewatchpod. Um I will be posting on there. So sorry, so sorry, so sorry. I just like, I'm not good at social media, I think. But yeah, whatever. I think I'm going to get better at it. But thank you for listening. And I'm so sorry for the delays. I'm going to get better. Again, I just reworked my entire life and I'm more productive than ever. I'm going to start bullet journaling. Like I am just in my productive era. And so, cause I've been, after getting sick, I got like really depressed because I was so behind in everything. Getting sick really just like puts me back because I do have an autoimmune disease. So when I get sick, it's like, 
getting sick worse than the average person because it, it affects me more. So sometimes getting sick is just like absolutely fucking debilitating for me. And it comes along with symptoms that the uh, the average person who, like I had strep, so the average person who gets strep wouldn't have the same symptoms that I had or the same symptoms to the magnitude that I had them at. So it just like puts me back. And then I have a hard time getting like back into my productive era, if you will, um, because I get like kind of depressed because I've, I've not been able to be productive for so long. And so, yes, I'm very happy to be not sick anymore. And, um, I'm, I'm back being productive after having a hard time getting back into that. So here we go. Um, so thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. All right. Thank you. Bye.